parents, I know you're with me on this. Car seats are one of the worst parts of parenting. They're heavy, they're hard to move around, and moving them from car to car is just the worst. These buckles are a nuisance. It's hard to find the class to put them where they need to go, and if you're in a hurry, forget about it. It's easy to forget how important car seats are until you need one and don't have one. That scenario showed up on the desk of Tori Common, a social worker stationed at KCPD's Central Patrol. A pair of officers had made a traffic stop for a woman who was speeding. When they pulled the mother over, they found that her daughter was not restrained properly. The woman was very upset, and police learned that her car seat had recently been destroyed in a house fire. Tori made some calls and was able to find a replacement. And when I told the officers that I found a car seat and that I coordinated with this mom, immediately their response was, we want to go take it to her. What's that reaction like whenever you show up at the door with a car seat and, and a smile on your face? She she lit up, yeah, she lit up like a Christmas tree. Yeah. And, and that really, I don't know, made me feel good about the whole situation. The officer involved didn't want to be identified, but we rode with him around the neighborhood, and he described how the job has changed with a social worker in the building. It's been phenomenal. It really put on their, you know, their doorstep. They're able to, you know, give us re references and resources and things of that nature, you know, that, that before we didn't have. Tori says everything she and the social workers working with the department do starts with an officer who sees a need. And that leads to some wild phone calls, emails, and post-it notes. We meet every other week um, and kind of have a staffing, and we will have this moment where we just kind of like all lay our cards on the table. Like, okay, here are the ridiculous things I've seen this week that were really tough, and here were the amazing ones. One of our social services um, down in Metro helped a gentleman get a dog because his had died. Service programs given people furniture, they've, they've given people um, their time. You name it, whatever you need in life, They've pretty much been there to step up. Tori's job gets questions. Is it dangerous? Are, are you nervous? Uh, I didn't know that type of job existed. What does that look like? But it has provided answers for her. I had no idea that so many officers every day, they were already doing this, but without the resources, without the knowledge that I have. It has become the type of job where I can't imagine doing anything but this. Taylor Hymnus, 41 Action News. Hello and welcome to another edition of 41 Files. I'm Taylor Hemnis, and that was a story you uh, just listening to there that aired uh, Tuesday night, on last night here on 41 Action News, uh, about uh, a safe KC story that uh, I had the chance to report on last night about how social workers are working with KC Police Department. And we're going to chance to talk a little bit about that today, including talking to the coordinator of that program. She's going to join us by phone here in a few minutes. I'm joined today in the 41 Files studio by 41 News anchor Kevin Holmes. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Taylor. Glad to be here. That smiling I mean, face. It's so glad to be alongside that of you. That smiling face capacity. makes my day. Kevin and I went to Top Golf on Saturday in Overland Park, and you were like Tiger Woods, and we were following you. <laughs> it was it was very chilly outside, and I did not layer up appropriately. Kevin did. I did not. I had to put my jacket on between shots and go sit back in the. They couch. have they have those heaters though. Yeah, they they were not as warm as you'd think. Exactly. Not on that day. Not on that day because it was cold on Saturday. Digital producer Sam Hartle in the uh, studio as well as always. Hi Sam. I have not been doing very much golfing because of the uh, snow. I did get up this morning at six fifteen to clear off the uh, the driveway. Good for you and the sidewalk 
Uh, as is your responsibility. Well, right. Although, <laughs> to me, like clearing sidewalks is a lot like teamwork, where um, if one person doesn't clear their sidewalk, then the purpose of you clearing your sidewalk is kind of defeated. Defeated, because yeah, yeah. what is somebody going to say? Like, swerve? <sighs> yeah, but you have... You, you get to enjoy the moral high ground if you do it. And no but that's why. I, that's exactly why I do it. <laughs> you can stand out and put your sign in the front yard and say, yes, I'm the best neighbor on this block. <laughs> that's that's basically yeah, why I do it. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, <laughs> like I said, we're, we're talking today about this, this story that was our, our Safe KC special last night on 41 Action News about a program that's um, relatively new in its first couple of years of existence with KCPD about how social workers are working with the department in a very direct way. Uh, Kevin, you've done... Lots of safe KC stories. Uh, have you had an uh, an opportunity to, to to hear about this program before this, or was this new to you last night? When this you was th- this was new to me, you know. And it's funny because every time I talk with Gina, uh, she'll say something by accident, not realizing that she's releasing something like, "Yo, this is incredible. Yeah. We need to, you know, uh, uh, spread this this story to the masses so that we can make more people aware, so that they can." hopefully contribute to the to the cause. Right. And you you encounter that I think a lot of news of people who are doing really incredible work and don't think about it as anything other than Certainly. just the job they're doing and we as news people hear them and go, uh, hold up. <laughs> more, more more people need to know about what you're doing. And exactly. that, that was the, the case here. This was actually I heard about this story by talking to a police officer about a different story that I was going to do. This isn't the officer that pulled you over last week. No, this no. is a uh, this, oh. is, this is the the officer that pulled me over last week will be mentioned in another story that I'm doing next week. So that's coming through. Okay, yeah, that's good, that's right. that's coming next week. I'm doing a story about oh. car, about car break-ins in the metro. Uh, they're happening more and more frequently. I've got a story on that next week and the officer that pulled me over will be mentioned in that one cuz um, he told me a lesson. But this was to go and talk to a different officer about a third story that I'm working on about community police officers and he was the one that told me, he said, you know, we've all we've got a social worker in every one of our divisions that's that's working with us. And I didn't know that. And uh, as you'll hear Gina talk about this, it started whenever uh, Chief Smith was was Major Smith and he helped to implement this program. Um, but it's 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 really interesting how they work and the job they do. And if, as, as you heard there in the story, uh, they get to meet on a pretty regular basis. The social workers do and they will as Tori said, kind of lay their cards on the table and say, you're not going to believe what happened to me this week, or here's the things I'm dealing with, and try to kind of um, perk each other up and help each other do their jobs a little bit better on a regular basis. So it's really cool to hear how they are able to approach that job. You know, it's funny because oftentimes I I kind of parallel, parallel it with teachers. Teachers, they have so much to do in the classroom, and when they realize what's happening with student Bobby, oh, man, Bobby just lost his shoes. They all talk about it, get together and get some shoes for Bobby. You know, the police officers do the same thing. Sure. They're, they're busy policing, but sometimes they learn a bit of uh, 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 some of the nuances or some of the, the, the other things that these people that they're dealing with are dealing with in terms of uh, trauma or stress, and then they try to step up like this story kind of We didn't get mentioned. to mention it in the story last night for time purposes, but as you heard there in the story, when they found the car seat for this woman, the officers found it very important to be able to take the car seat there with them. They also took... In addition to the car seat, a trunk full of bats and balls and all kinds of stuff to play with uh, and to to take to these kids that are at the home. Because there were not just the child that was not in the car seat. There was other other children in the home. uh, And they took a whole bunch of stuff and just spent some time after they dropped off the car seat playing with these kids in the front yard. That is so awesome. And the officer told me that uh, a man who lives in the neighborhood where this happened was walking by and just just stopped to watch him for a little while. And he said he watched for a few minutes and didn't say anything and kind of gave him, whenever he went to leave, he got got the officer's attention and kind of gave him a little salute, like, 
this is what you're supposed to be doing. That's that's incredible that you're doing your job. Keep doing it this way, and off he went. And he just stopped and watched him play for a little while. But uh, you know, the, the <laughs> Tori said in the interview, the social worker said in the interview. She said it was so fun to watch the the kids and listen to the kids because one of the kids said, "I've never played soccer with a cop before." <laughs> uh, so it was uh, it was pretty cool to be a, to be around then and, and to listen to how happy they were to have been able to do that. So we're joined on the phone today by Gina English, who's the social services coordinator for KCPD on the KCMO side. Gina, thanks so much for taking some time out of your schedule and talking to us today. We appreciate you being on. Thank you for including me. So uh, we're talking about this this story that, that aired last night on 41 Action News that I had the opportunity to do about the social workers embedded within KCPD. Uh, tell me a little bit more about, for the people especially that didn't see the story, because um, I didn't get to touch on this a whole lot about the history of, how did this come to be that there's a social worker within all six divisions of KCPD? Uh, it, well, it originally started uh, December 2016 as a nine-month pilot program. Uh, but between myself and Major Rick Smith at the time, he was Major at Center Patrol. Now he is uh, the chief of, uh, for KCPD. And really it was he and I had worked in another program together uh, utilizing social services as intervention for violence prevention. Um, and he had moved to Center, and I was no longer with that organization. He reached out and he said, you know, hey, let's let's see if we can maybe do a nine-month, or not a nine-month, but a pilot program. We ended up getting funding for nine months and using social services as a prevention piece to crime. And, and at first it started kind of primarily that it was a youth focus, but, you know, when I first came in, I really just wanted to pay attention and listen and see where the officers believed that the need was and support the work that they were doing. And so that's where it has kind of grown and that we still have a youth focus, but we really, our focus is a community focus and that when officers are out there and they come across, you know, something that they believe is a need, they have this tool in house to go to and say, Hey, this person needs help because the reality is the majority of the things that officers find themselves, you know, dealing with on a daily basis are not all, you know, law enforcement issues or criminal, you know, issues. Crime related. It yeah. Is, yeah. It's people who just need help. I mean, that's what, what we know, right? You need help. What do you do? You, you call police. And so this is a way for officers to really be able to answer that need for help outside of, you know, what law enforcement tools are available. And for me, the biggest thing is, and, you know, and I, and I think the same is true for, you know, for Chief when we first started this, is recognizing how much we need to be able to have trust in the community that we are working together and that, you know, Law enforcement, we do call them when we need help, but unfortunately, it's in some of our worst, scariest moments. So, Gina, so the yes, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, obviously, there's a relationship between police department and social services before this program. You know, what did it look like before something like this is implemented? Because right now, as we were saying, there's a social worker in the building in each of the divisions for KCPD right, right there embedded with the department. What did it look like whenever a law enforcement officer, KCPD officer, needed to talk to social services or someone with social services before this was implemented? 
it looked like, I mean, that it didn't exist because, I mean, there's such a, a huge variety of needs. And just to say social services, I mean, that can be so many different things. Social services and working with family court, social services and working with, you know, someone, an agency like MOXA for sexual assault, you know, social services for, you know, maybe somebody, you know, an elderly person. I mean, like, it, that is, that is huge. I mean, it's, to be able to define that and say, what did that look like? It looked like whatever that knowledge for that specific concern was, you know, for that officer. And if that officer goes out and they may not know about what's available in the community or they may not know what the right social service agency is, then, you know, they are going to have to work hard to try to figure out what that is, you know, amongst also having 10 other calls waiting for them. So it, it ups the, without this person in, in the building, it ups the responsibility of the officer if if that officer wants to be able to help someone at all, it, it puts a lot more onus on them to be able to do anything if they want to get some help. I don't think, it's not a matter of it, it ups the responsibility for the officer, it ups the accessibility for the officer to be able to to already do what they want to do, and that is serve and help people. I mean, that's, that's it, is being able to do that and know that, and, and I think the thing for me that is so extremely important is that we do have that trust building piece and that's great because people see officers, you know, in their mind going over and beyond to help them out. But the reality is officers are always going over and beyond. People just don't recognize it or see it all the time. But the real piece for me that I think is exciting and and it even was in Tori's story when she talked about, you know, when she got the car seat and the officers were excited because they wanted to go with her to take it is that they finally get to see those pieces of the resolution. You know, imagine going out every day and you're answering call after call and how frustrating it can be that sometimes when you are walking away, you feel like, well, I I don't know if I really was able to help that person. I don't know if that person is going to be able to get connected to what they need. And so the idea that now they have this tool that not only can make ensure that those things are happening, but that they get to be a part of, of the good side so that when they come back into the situation that it's not in the scariest and most chaotic part of the person's life, but it's in the resolution part of the person's life. Well, you know, I always say when building or, or mending any relationship, you need what's called the three T's. Uh, you need uh, time, transparency, and trust. And I feel as Amen. if programs like this help establish that trust, especially. And, you know, in order to get to that trust component, I have to know you and like you to trust you. I mean, I feel as if you and I trust each other now, Gina, because we know each other. And I like you. I hope you like me, too. <laughs> but, uh, no, but, <laughs> no pressure. No pressure. No pressure. But no, but in all seriousness, the time, transparency, and trust builds those relationships. If every time I see the men and women in blue, it's something that I associate with agony or with fear or with frustration, then uh, I, I, I won't even care to know these resources are out there. But if I am building those relationships beyond those blue line, blue blue lights, rather, beyond the crime scene tape, I feel as if people... Uh, 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 can take advantage of these these programs, and more importantly, they want to because they just don't associate the men and women with blue with with bad things. No, well, and I appreciate what I appreciate what you're saying, and that really is what it's all about, right? I mean, we have some communities that are are just 
weighed down by by violence and crime, and the only way to be able to to combat it is to know that you know you're not in, doing it alone, and that you have a community behind you that's helping you stand up for it. But it's hard to do that if you don't feel like you can trust the people that you know are you can that are there to help you. And you know, I really appreciate what you said, Kevin, and that like the things that you associate police with. It makes sense that a lot of people associate police with that because when do you come in contact with them? Nobody ever calls an officer and says, hey, I'm just calling to ask you to come over because I'm having an awesome day. Right. right. And so if we can start to be able, if we can be one small tool that officers can, can have to be able to have opportunities to celebrate the citizens that they serve and, and vice versa, then to, to develop and start to build. And, and that's what's going to start to be able to address the violence and the crime in our communities when you know that you can call someone and they're going to show up and have your back because when you least expected them to, they did. Hey, Gina, it's Sam. In terms of the program itself, was there a model that you guys kind of um, said, hey, we'd like to bring that here? Uh, or did you kind of create it from scratch? And then conversely, Please. go uh, ahead. Uh, are there, since you guys have, you know, this is going into year three now of the program, um, have there been other departments that have reached out to you and say, hey, um, clearly what you guys are doing is working. Um, can you help us bring this kind of a program to our department? So um, I did a lot of research when. You know, when Chief reached out to me about, you know, developing a pilot, you know, kind of project, I did a lot of research. No, no there's no one who's actually really doing it like we are. Um, and like I said, when we first started, it, it was somewhat youth-focused and really has become what it is organically because of the officers. This would not, this would not work if the officers did not have buy-in to it. They are invested in it because it's for them. It's about them. It's, you know, it's driven by them. Um, there are other agencies within the nation that do use a social service component, but it is typically um, population-specific. Like, for instance, the program that I had come from was focused strictly on group violence. So there was a social service element, but it was strictly group violence. A lot of times there's a social service component, but they act as a liaison to another organization. So, you know, our CIT has great relationships with different mental health providers throughout the community, and there is a social worker component to it, but it's specific to mental health. And so the way that we're doing it, no, there's no other agency that I know of that is really doing it like us. I've had two or three different um, organizations throughout the country, like, reach out to me and just say, hey, I saw a blurb about this. You know, I was Googling social work and police, and could you please tell me more? I would love to do something like this, you know, within our city. I was struck by something that uh, Tori said in the story last night about – 
she had no idea that how much police officers were already trying to do this. And to me, it was something that obviously the, the police officers have talked about how much different and better their job is by having a social worker or a, or a social services person right there in the building they can coordinate with. But it feels like it's it's an eye-opening experience for the social workers that are working with these officers, too, to be able to understand more how those two uh, jobs kind of can can intertwine to really make a difference. It seems like it's it's eye-opening for both sides, not just the police officer. Uh, 100%. I, you know, as a social worker, I will, you know, we as social workers, you know, we are advocates for, you know, social justice. You know, we try to, we advocate for, you know, having equitable, you know, access to the things needed to be successful. And, you know, but these are also very hard jobs and that you are typically helping populations that are struggling. And I always tell, we take interns and I always tell students, you know, you got to find your people. Like this is a hard job. So you got to find the people you, that you want to fight for and advocate for and serve and be passionate about it because this is a hard job. And I will tell you, I never ever thought that police would be my people, (laughs) but, but they are, they're my people because my time, you know, with, I, it was Nova was who I was originally with under uh, at the time Major Smith, and the things that I would see these officers do for individuals who had been identified as the most high risk for violence in their life because of their behaviors, and these officers would go over and beyond to support individuals to try to get back on track. And I, I just remember thinking, man, who's advocating for them? Here I am watching them advocate for the last person you would think that they'd advocate for. Who's advocating for them? Well, I, I certainly think with the addition, with you being the addition to the KCPD, it really reinforces the serve component and serve and protect. Oftentimes we forget about, you know, that part right there. We just think about them protecting us. To some of our people who may be listening, Gina, though, and many of them, they may want to help financially, as as Taylor's story highlighted. I mean, car seats aren't cheap. Right. Uh, to the folks listening, how can they reach out and, and be offer assistance? Uh, that is a great question. And I will tell you that, I mean, we are always needing support and assistance. And I really am a true believer in that it takes a community. I mean, we're, I would say, hashtag Village KC. I mean, we're one city. <laughs> and that, you know, if people want to get involved and engaged in that, you know, being able to, we had, we had a woman last week, I think, or two weeks ago, called into the station and said, hey, I just wanted to let you know that I'm willing that if you come across any families who are struggling with homelessness and just need somewhere to stay for the night, I'm willing to help assist in providing um, funding for a hotel. That's a big and help. And I was like, wow, thank you. Because that is, because sometimes that's all we need. We just need sometimes one night to try to figure out, you know, a, a, a more long-term plan. Because you guys you run, know, I, I, I'm sorry, you guys run off grants and donations, correct? Pretty much, yeah. I mean, we, you know, they're, yes. And, and we are always looking for different ways for people to just, you know, get involved. Mm-hmm. Does does KC, Gina and Sam does KCPD have an infrastructure um, and, and this 
kind of reminds me, uh, one of our reporters did a story a couple of months ago uh, about a program where people were donating uh, sheets to uh, sexual violence uh, yes, survivors. Marissa Smith, Crime Tech Marissa Smith. And I, I think they they had just found like an empty closet or, or something like that somewhere in, in you know, KCPD. Um, and it kind of it's like does does KCPD have the infrastructure in terms of um, you know if I if I am a person that wants to donate a car seat for instance um, do I just drop that off at the station like is there a, a, a bank account like if I go to Commerce Bank or wherever that that I do that and and the infrastructure is there to make sure that that goes to where it needs to go because um, I think that could if if not that could also be a component of of how the community can help out these types of projects. That, um, as far as, like, items like, you know, a car seat or, like, clothing, those are things that you know, they can email me um, and I can provide that information. Or, you know, especially if it's, like, brand-new items, like school supplies, things like that, you know, I, they can go to the division and say, hey, I'd like to, you know, give these items to social services to assist people in the community. Um, as far as financial donations, I think, I mean, that is, we don't necessarily have like an infrastructure as social services, but if they were wanting to make a financial donation, again, that's something if they wanted to email me, we figure out the best way for them to be able to donate money to the cause, um, possibly through maybe like uh, the police foundation to be able to go into into the commu- back into the community for you know the family or someone in need. And I, I guess maybe a follow up, and, and Kevin, you may be just as well versed on this uh, in the breadth of your safe KC coverage. Um, Gina, how does how does this program fit into the broader scope of resources that are available um, that fit the same mission as what you guys are trying to do? Well, I think the thing is, is that really what we're trying to do is help connect people to other people's missions. I mean, that's really what, because we're not necessarily a program. We don't have the answers. You know, people aren't going to come into the agency and then all of a sudden we're like, okay, and we're going to, you know, do three months of case management and get you to self-sufficiency. The thing with Kansas City, and again, going back to that hashtag Village KC, this city is full of amazing organizations and agencies that are out there doing awesome work. And what our job is, is that, you know, officers are meeting people when they need those organizations and agencies the most. And they're able to come to us and say, this is what this person needs. And then we get them connected to those agencies. You know, we talk about like gaps in services. We talk about how people fall through the cracks. Well, what our job is, is we're, you know, I used to say it was that we were like kind of the safety net, but that's we don't want to be the safety net. What we want to be is more like the needle and thread that sews the fabric together. Mm. We want to be the ones who are able to, you know, travel with someone and figuring out, okay, what are your needs? What are your obstacles? But what are your strengths? Because you have a lot of them. And what are the resources that that are actually right at your fingertips, but you just didn't either know about them or you didn't know how to how to make them work for you. And we help them build that army of support around them. I mean, that's why we get where we get in, in some of the communities is that when you are lacking the right supports and, and really just social network, 
No wonder why you feel alone. No wonder why you feel like you don't have anyone to help. And we try to help repair that and help them identify and create the best, most positive, productive social network for them. Yeah, one thing I learned that, you know, it may seem so easy, so simple, but connecting the dots really is hard when you're on that end of being in need or, or when yes. you're in that end of uh, I just experienced trauma or I just experienced a loss, whether it be financial, a loved one, my home, whatever the case may be. Uh, no. When you're in need, connecting those dots are very, very difficult. It's very difficult. And also it can be nobody, you know, everybody always is ready to help, but nobody ever wants to ask for it. Yeah. It can be really hard to ask for help. You know, you, you worry about what people think. You worry about people judging you. You have misconceptions of what that help looks like. You know, and one thing that we've been talking about is that, like, reaching out and really doing more when it comes to our juveniles and getting connected and working with police and the court system in helping hold kids accountable for the things that they do. Because the reality is getting a kid into the court system, that is not a punitive or punishment. That is a, a gate to a plethora of resources and support when a family needs it most. Well, Gina, I really love your analogy there about being the, the thread that ties it all together the, rather than the safety net itself. It's, I think that's a great way for people to understand what you're trying to accomplish, and uh, we really can't thank you enough for being on today. Uh, I hope it's okay to give out your email for people that may listen to this because you said people can email you. Is that okay? Yes. Yeah, yes, G- it is. Gina, that's G-I-N-A, Gina.English at KCPD.org is the way to contact Gina. If you'd like to help, if you think, hey, I can help with money or there's ways that I can contribute to this and, and make it uh, even more successful, that's a way to reach out to her and, and find a way to do that. Gina, thank you so, so much for being on today. We appreciate it. Oh, I appreciate you guys. Thank you. I thought that was a fascinating conversation. I did too. <laughs> What's the? I, I just love Gina. She's great, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I think I, I was surprised a little bit that uh, that it makes sense that the program is officer driven. Yeah. Um, but that no one else has thought of doing this, I thought was kind of. It surprised me too. Whenever they were describing that, it's it's a pretty rare. Because when I first did the, the interviews for the story, and Tori Common, the, the person who's in the story, she kept calling it unique, and she said there's no one else doing this. And even when she said it during the interview, I thought, ah, I bet there is. And everyone that I've talked to, at least here, says, no, we're, we're pretty, pretty unique. We're kind of setting the standard here for but how to this But to me, this works. is such an important thing, and, and some, some of it to me is intuitive. It, it's like, well, it makes sense mm-hmm. that it, it, it's kind of mind-blowing a little bit that uh, – I mean, good for us for being you – know, good for Kansas City and the police sure. department for being you know, ahead of the curve, but – um, I think back in the day, though, when you, especially when you're recruiting police officers, you have this this regimented guy, uh, preferably somebody with a military background who is straight laced. They know the law, they follow the law to the to the fullest extent, to every T, every I. That's how it's written. Mm-hmm. Written. Um, I think we're stepping away from that kind of police officer. We realize that policing is more than just doing stuff like that, responding to those calls, that it really is uh, a people business, man. And I think that was something that was kind of underrated 10, five, even five years ago. I think I think that's one of the things. And, and, you know, we have uh, some safe KC roundtables that we have here at the station. And uh, I forget which one it was. It was uh, where we had some of the, uh, the police officers in. And the scope and, and nature of police work has changed. Mm-hmm. Not only has it changed, the pace of change, has been incredible, and so maybe maybe this is an example of 
Um, like you said, you know, you had the you know the stereotypical police officer from you know maybe two or three years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, where and but then the the pace uh, and the scope has 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 progressed so rapidly. I, th- I think the difference there, and just like Kevin was describing there, it's 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 incident based policing versus people based policing. And whenever you have a situation, what she would when Gia was talking there, she was talking about how important it is for these officers to know what happens to some of these people they deal with. I kept thinking in my head that must be like watching a television show and not ever getting to see the ending. Like I'm going to watch the first. If you pick your favorite show, <laughs> that's, that's an hour long, and I'm going to watch the first 35 minutes of every hour long show, but not watch the last 10 and see what happens. And that's got to be. If if you care about people like these officers are trying to to do and become, that's got to be maddening to not know. I, you know, I, I interacted with this person, but I have no clue whatever happened to him or her or that child. I don't I don't know what happened to him. Love the analogy. It'd be hard to get any sleep at night if you don't know how this plays out in the end. Whenever you interact with someone who needs help. Well, I think it also in that respect. Now that you mentioned that, I think that it kind of gives police an incentive to see the to see to see things. Totally in. agree. Yeah, um, and knowing that hey, this isn't just a you know I'm just parachuting into this neighborhood. You know, I, I'm interested. I have a vested interest now a little bit in in seeing this resolve in a positive way. And I and I think the model too is really important. The thing they keep stressing is it is it is officer based as far as where these these start. This isn't a situation where people come up and knock on the door. These are all the things that they deal with or something that an officer has encountered while out on a call or out on a visit to someplace, and it's training the officer to open up his or her eyes and ears a little bit more maybe than they were before to where it's not just, okay, that's wrong. Can I fix it? Maybe the answer is no for me, but I know someone who might be able to fix it, and that's got to be something that opens up an entire new realm of police work uh, for the men and women that are out there doing that job. I think that's really cool. So once again, a big thanks to Gina English, who was the uh, social services coordinator for KCPD, to coming on and talking on us with talking with us here on Forty One Files, telling us a little bit more about the program. We really appreciate her. And uh, again, we shared her email there with you at the at the end of her phone call. But if you missed it, it's Gina G I N A dot English at KCPD dot org. If you'd like to reach out and find a way to help. Uh, and so nice to sit next to Kevin Holmstring at 41 Files. I know. Always <laughs> a pleasure, Taylor May. Our schedules don't often bump together, and Kevin and I don't get to see each other very often, so it's whenever he walks in the building, it's just a treat, period. And now to be able to <laughs> actually produce something with him is, uh, is, is nice to be able to hang out with Kevin. And Sam, as always, uh, we appreciate you steering the ship. Thank you. So we'll see you guys uh, hopefully next week with hopefully no snow to talk about on the next edition Amen of 41 Files. See ya. See ya.